news and analysis. This is Hockey Prospect Radio with Shane Malloy and Brad Allen. It's Hockey Prospect Radio brought to you by Fractal Hockey Consulting. Through an integrated series of best business practices, they design solutions for hockey operations and hockey business operations. Once again, we're continuing to talk to Jason Buchla from the Pro Hockey Group and Sportsnet about the potential of CHL players becoming eligible to play in college hockey. We focused on the CHL in a previous segment. I'd like to get your thoughts on it from an NHL perspective. So there's a couple different layers here. Let's start on the player development side, drafting players, developing players, and the impact of a potential. And you mentioned a little bit in the CHL of looking at it, could have a third round pick. Maybe he's a lanky, skinny defensive defenseman or a two-way defenseman who just needs more time. And you don't want to put him in the American Hockey League. And you can put him into college hockey, say, for three years and have him pull out or two. Um, depending on what his development cycle, but it just gives the NHL team and the player more time to fulfill that developmental cycle that's necessary before he enters the American Hockey League. Because as we know, the American Hockey League is a meat grinder. It's a very, very tough league to play in. And we've seen many kids that are second and third and fourth round picks have a really hard time adjusting. And it just, it alters their whole developmental process. It does. It does. Yeah, so... You know, here here we are talking about a CHL player. There's two two different things at, at work. So um, one is a development model, which is you know we drafted a player. He's not quite ready to turn pro in our system for whatever reason, strength, you know, and just skating, whatever it is. Um, so this opens up the opportunity potentially for him to extend his development. Two things that are wrong with that out of the gate. Um, What's the clock going to look like? Because if he's drafted right now, the draft is at 18. Okay. So if he's drafted uh, in his 18 birth year um, and he now plays, uh, you know, 17 turning 18, if he, if he, if he plays two years and now we send him to college, well, that college team, you know, they're going to be greedy as well. They're going to want to keep this player for four years if possible. So, you know, is it going to open up that window where, some is similar to some European markets where if you don't sign him by a certain period of time, he just stays on your list and you can sign him. He's you still own him until right. the end of his college career, right? Or are you going to want to bring him out in a couple of years? Which is that goes on anyways, right now, like right? Anybody who think thinks that, yeah, yeah, like that's, that's going relevant. on, right? Yeah, it's uh, so. I don't know. It's going to be fascinating. To, there's two different things there, though. You got you got the kid who's been drafted, so it's for development purposes. Then you got the second kid who just goes down there to get better, to extend his career. Now he becomes a free agent, NHL free agent, right? Because he was never drafted in the CHL. Um, I mean, wh- wh- where's the development money going to go? Like, that's my question. One of my questions right out of the hop. Like, if he ends up, if, you know, developing, if he's in college for three years compared to two years at the CHL level, anybody is drafted out of the CHL. From the NHL side of things, the agreement, like where's the development money going to go when this kid signs an NHL contract? And right. do you have to split um, it amongst the entities of saying, okay, you were two year here and two, three years year, there, you get based on how many years it is, you get X. X. And here's the other thing. Like, honestly, every, I think you've mentioned it before, every single agreement is going to have to start from a blank slate you're gonna have to start all over with the ncaa yeah no amendments can't just revise what you have everything's gonna have to start all over again here's what the time is on here here's what this model is this model because ideally you're gonna want to try and bring them closer together to be the same yes um 
and then you know, geez, how, what kind of effect does this have on the draft? You know, like, like, do we look at potentially punting the draft down one more? You know, should it should it be a nineteen year old draft? Should it be a nineteen year old draft instead of an eighteen year old draft? Then, and um, wow, there's a lot to unpack. Well, and that's always like I always get the counter argument from the agent saying, "Well, as an eighteen year old, and we'll say we'll use Connor Bedard as an example." Well, you're restricting my client's ability to make a living, which entirely is not true. You're restricting them to play in the NHL, which is a private company, and they're allowed to restrict who plays in their league. It's their right. Mm-hmm. So, and an HL player can go play in Europe. Like Austin Matthews already set that precedent where you're an 18 year old, you can go play, and you're trying to tell me there isn't a European team that wouldn't have gave Connor Bedard a million dollars or more more than his entry-level deal he would make to go play there for a year, of course they would, because it's going to be the draw. So if you want to do that, that's also an option. It makes the player's ability to play where they want to play more fluid, so it's not restricted in that in that case, where the CHL is certainly going to have to try to protect their players the best they can, and that will be one of the things that I think they'll really hone in on is, okay, we want to keep as many nitrals as we possibly can. So it's really, okay, can your first, like the first two round picks, can they go? Or or is it only the first round picks can go the year early, right? And then it subsequent years, it changes where the second round picks can go this year and then everybody goes, right? There'll have to be some steps involved in that. I was pondering that last night uh, before we you know recorded this, this show is what what are those steps? And everybody's going to have to be in alignment of that. Now, the NCAA for like that for their standpoint, not the college hockey teams, like they're just going to open up the door. They'll say, yeah, you're eligible and you guys figure it out. And now it's going to be up to the college teams and obviously the CHL, the USHL and the, N- and the NHL to come together and figure out a working agreement from, from a, that's fascinating. From a and it's fascinating in itself. That's fascinating in itself though, because, you know, over the years, I know the CHL has wanted to keep its own, you know, as long as it could, you know, for a variety of reasons, you know, that that's why kids don't go right to the NHL uh, unless, you know, they're, you know, the Connor Bedards of the world. Like there's, right. there's plenty of, you know, when we drafted Owen Tippett back in the day in Florida, you know, our preference was in his second year of, of development as a CHL level, you know, he was, he was ready for a new challenge, but the rules didn't allow us to do that. Right. Yeah. Um, the NCAA as well. Take a look at the, uh, you know, in the past, they've restricted this type of opportunity now because they've opened up that whole nil um, situation down south of the border. That's like a Pandora's box. And I don't know. I don't know enough about it, but it seems to me that, uh, um, again, those guys, those athletes are getting treated like pro athletes now. And so they don't have uh, they don't have a crutch, do they? If, like they generally they literally have to open up the door and say to the leagues, you guys figure it out. Yeah. No, and I think it's an opportunity from a business standpoint for all the entities to come together and work as a collective group instead of working within their fiefdoms, because otherwise you're going to put it in the hands of the, of the player agents or family advisors as, you know, they're called in, you know, if they're dry, if they're eligible, but because you don't want to put them necessarily all in their hands because they'll do whatever they think is best for their individual client. So you're trying to maintain, you know, balance in terms of that. And then from an NHL standpoint, I think it's better for the NHL to have a 19 year old draft. I think it's better for the league to push the age farther along 
before the kids get into the NHL. And it's much better for the scouting departments. I could, I can hear the collective like screaming from the amateur scouts. Yes. Let's have a nine year old draft. Cause we both know what it's like to try to dra- try to scout a 17, eight year old kid. That extra year makes a huge difference. Well, you look at the kid in Calgary this year, who's just a late birthday, uh, Carter uh, Yakumchuk, like, you know, he's a late birthday and look at, Look at how much further along he is this year because of being a late birthday uh, compared to where he was last year. And that's an example of what I'm talking about with that extra year. He falls under that late birthday the way that it's set up right now. But but you understand the premise, you know, like he needed yes. that extra year. And, uh, and, you know, he's looking like he's going to be a first round NHL pick. So, um, yeah, it's uh, – I'm not. I'm not opposed to that extra year. I have to say that, and uh, and I I don't know why the CHL would ever be opposed to it because it gives them an extra year or two with real good quality uh, players in their system, which drives their business better. And that's where you think you know, and that also trickles down to Junior A in Canada, which I think is in a bit of a quagmire in terms of understanding what they're going to do next. You know, there's factions that are not happy with how things are structured. So how would this affect that? Like, you're almost pushing the best junior A teams into one league to play against each other. And all the other leagues potentially could be junior B because now the NCAA is saying, well, the CHL players can come. So, you know, does that push players into the CHL knowing that that's the best path? And I don't, I'm not, I know I'm no longer restricted. So what happens with that? I don't know either. Like, I'm going to have to have you back on the show where like after we do two more digging and like maybe towards the end of the year and like flush this out. Cause. Um, well, you've said it before, it'll create a super league and that's exactly what will happen for yeah. tier two tier two hockey. will they'll find the 10 or 15 best teams across Canada. They'll create a super league and then everything else will be below because that super league is going to have to compete as close to being to on par as the CHL yep. to get players to go south of the border. Otherwise, they won't. So it's it's going to be really interesting. I don't think we've been in a more fascinating time in, in hockey, particularly with it comes to hockey operations and obviously the CHL. But Jason, once again, thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate your insight. Yeah, thanks, Shane. No problem. Have a good day. Well, uh, take a quick break, but we'll be back right after this. Every play, every stat, every breakdown. On their own, they're essential. But altogether, they're undeniable. Introducing Huddle Instat, a new advanced data platform that integrates with sports code and every Huddle product you rely on to create an all-in-one data powerhouse. Huddle Instat's advanced tagging and next-level stat reports help you develop your team, and its global film library helps you find the missing piece to get the most out of every second of film. Visit huddle.com backslash HPR to learn more. The Junior Prospect Hockey League is Western Canada's newest elite developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level. The JPHL features professional coaches and skill development coaches, along with comprehensive practice, game, and academic schedule, allowing athletes to be successful in a more cost-effective model compared to similar hockey and school programs. To learn more and see why the JPHL is the ideal choice for your student-athlete and family, visit JuniorProspectsHockeyLeague.com. 
Fractal Hockey Consulting. Everything we do, we believe in challenging the status quo in hockey. We believe in thinking differently. We provide interdisciplinary solutions that are personally designed, simple to use, and user-friendly. Through an integrated series of best business practices, and we design solutions for both hockey operations and hockey business operations. Contact us at fractalhockey.com. 